0: Welcome to the CEO of My Special Needs Family podcast, hosted by me, Amy Mann, a podcast aimed at helping amazing, hardworking and dedicated parents of children with special needs become empowered to be their child's biggest and most successful advocate. As a mum of a child with special needs, a parent mentor and a successful advocate myself, this stuff is my passion and my life. Hey, I'm your host, Amy Mann, and this week in episode 19 of the CEO of my Special Needs Family Podcast, I have a special guest to introduce you to. I asked Ollie, my husband, if he would be interested in coming onto the show to talk openly about some of the challenges we've faced together since having Freddie. It's not always really his kind of thing to be talking in public and sharing all his thoughts and feelings, so I'm really grateful that he took the time and agreed to do it, and I hope that it will give some insight into some of the challenges that we've had, and to perhaps help some of you listeners with some of the things that you're going through as well. Um, we didn't pre-script it, so you'll hear us just as we are, <laughs> including at uh, just over nine minutes into our conversation, the postman arrived, and our dog Teddington had a mad five minutes, and we just couldn't stop him barking. So we stopped recording, but please keep listening, um, because we continue our chats for for longer than that, and it is a much longer episode than you're used to, so I hope you enjoy it. If you have any feedback or questions, if you wanna send them in to me here on the podcast, you can do that by voicemail or by email, um, as always at amymanmentoring at gmail.com. And just before we start the show, next week, I wanted to tell you that I'm joined by my really good friend and mentor, Clay Lowe. He is an expert coach, performance hacker, self-confessed learning geek, and an advocate for social learning. I asked him to come chat on the show to talk in more detail about some of the techniques that I share at my workshops which have basically helped me to become an excellent advocate for Freddie and they are the techniques that I share with everybody at those live workshops and in our inner circle groups to help you advocate successfully for your children. So now on with this week's show. So I'm here today with a new guest, Ollie, my husband and um We thought we'd have a bit of a change up this week and I wanted to share some of our story and um, some of Ollie's thoughts around parenting Freddie, the child that we sort of expected but totally didn't expect all at the same time. So thanks for coming onto the podcast this week.
1: You're welcome. Hello. Uh,
0: We've also got Teddington, our dog, and there's somebody putting scaffolding up outside. So if we intermittently get barking from him, then that's absolutely the reason why. But hopefully he'll be quiet. He's got a chew in his bed now. Um, So... Let's start where should we start? Should we start with the, the early days and I suppose how you feel about parenting Freddie? We've obviously got two other neurotypical children as well. Um and how that's just been completely different to perhaps what we both expected.
1: Yeah, I think any time you go into the parenting journey, you you have the expectations and the hopes that are natural and normal and obviously you, you almost relate it to your own upbringing and thinking you know things will be very similar or if not similar but better um, and then when you have the news from a professional medical professional that says you've got a child with additional needs or um, and challenges that he, he, you've never encountered or had to think about before it's it's well as much as it's devastating and it's scary really that was a the main kind of um emotion at the time you know it was not the not knowing the not understanding, and obviously with Freddie being Freddie being so quite unique and not having any any guidance for what we were going to be uh having to cope with um that's right it was with difficult no,
0: with no um diagnosis until he was sort of four. we just had. To... Well, we still have really zero idea, do we? But we had no, even less of we're... an idea then because no one could tell us anything at all. There was just literally no prognosis day to day.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, we've now got an explanation for what happened, but it doesn't tell us what Freddie will be or how, how how he will be different and why he's different to everyone else. So um, the the hopes and expectations you have for your child are just dramatically shattered and changed. So... Um,
0: the reality is totally different isn't it to what we I suppose when we sort of set out to have a family it was just the whole experience the pregnancy was not what we'd expected everything has been totally turned on its head really hasn't it
1: yeah I mean uh, if I go, go back to when we first got well you got pregnant and you start thinking about things with your child and you don't we didn't know if it would be a boy or a girl but growing up I was always you know active and sporty you know I grew up with a family where we were lucky enough to have um, horses and ponies and live quite rurally but was always into everything else so football tennis basketball did everything growing up and you think you know hopefully my son or daughter will be in in that same mold that they want to do all these things as well and um,
0: that's one of the reasons we moved from the city there really wasn't it to come live somewhere more rural.
1: yeah live somewhere where you can have have a bit more space and freedom um, and not be so worried about traffic and all that sort of stuff. But um, by that time, well, we we lived in the town when Freddie was born. And when we first took him home, he was just a baby like everyone else, which the scary thing was we'd had all these appointments and all these scans and checks and tests to see what, what condition Freddie may or may not have. And they could never identify anything. Um, and then he was born and we were just sent home like any other parent with a good look hope everything goes well and no follow-up with anyone else and it was a good few months before anything really um, happened on that front and that was only from us chasing it and speaking to health visitors and suggesting that milestones weren't weren't being hit which you know for the first blissful few weeks I remember thinking well we've got a baby like everyone else but you know try to ignore the last 20 weeks of the pregnancy and hope that maybe there was something wrong as in as in the medical professionals might have been wrong but
0: you're just ever hopeful, aren't you? And I I know later on, um, sort of a few years down the line you'd sort of said, which I know was <laughs> a bit of a shock to me at the time, that um perhaps our relationship wasn't as good as it could have been. And from my perspective, looking back on that, that's obviously because I suppose I was just in bubble Freddy and I wasn't really paying attention to anything else. But from from your perspective how was that sort of living the three of us and perhaps you know our relationship not being really as good as it could have been
1: it's i mean it's such a long time ago now but um as you say at the time once it became apparent that we had extra issues with freddie that we had never encountered and never considered prior to going into you know the pregnancy um I'd say that you became very focused on what can we do to uh, improve the situation, and that that was your, your main focus. And it was not so much that was the problem; it was more the fact that we didn't really communicate and speak. And as much as anything else, he's still a you know very small baby that needs all the hours that you know any baby does um, when they're when they're first growing, when they're first born, sleepless nights all those challenges the difficult days and the thing the thing with Freddie was as much as anything you know we, we didn't realise why at the time but he had extremely bad reflux so you would have days where all you did was spend your time changing him and washing him <laughs> washing the clothes and I'd come back from work and
0: I'd still be covered in sick
1: yeah and then I'd get you know <laughs> your emotional outburst towards me and and then it wouldn't would be in a cycle for quite a long time and it took a while for that to subside mm. But if anything, obviously, when we had Freddie, you were still coming away from uh, the grief of losing your dad. And I remember when we got pregnant, it was something that was, for the first time in many years, something that was going to be positive and something that could be uplifting. And then that changed, obviously, at week twenty with the pregnancy when we had our scan. And
0: then it was like, bam! Here's something else you can deal with.
1: Yeah, another another problem to contend with. And I remember thinking at that point, I'm not sure how you would cope with this extra pressure and extra stress and Mm -hmm. um you know uh, it it was your your emotional stability was something i was worried about from following on from your the loss of your dad
0: and i think looking back rightly so when i perhaps didn't um well i didn't take care of myself at all really at that point i don't think i just i didn't really think don't think i could think about anything else other than freddie to be honest and what we were going to do to try and I suppose in the early days you kind of think we're going to fix it, we're going to make it right and he will do all of these things. And yes, he's got a problem, but I think because they couldn't give us any definites, we were just so focused on we can achieve anything for him and he can achieve anything. And obviously as time goes on, you still feel that there's lots of possibilities, but you start to see the gap widening and and, uh, you perhaps take on board a little bit more that perhaps some of the scientists and professionals do know a bit what they're talking about. Um, but it's just that dogged determination, isn't it, in the beginning? And I think yeah. I was so narrow-minded. Perhaps I just wasn't. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't looking outside of, of me and him, really.
1: And I think if we take it back even further than that, go back a little bit before Freddie was born, the fact when we got the diagnosis, you know, this was meant to be the thing that w- was to help. You know, I don't know. Uh, we'd been married a couple of years by this point. Um, We've been together a long time, well, for, haven't we? We've been together for the years, but we were married in two thousand seven, so this was two thousand eleven. Um, and married life up to this point had been quite difficult because of leaving London, living in a teenage bedroom for a year and then getting our own house finally and life should be, you know, a position where you want it to be and that's when we had the devastating news about your dad and that was such a speedy situation where, you know, went from diagnosis for your dad to having lost him and then when we got pregnant I thought, well, at least now we can kind of stabilise us as a unit and a family and come together. And I wasn't sure how your um, mindset would be if someone's, you know, said to you, "This is a situation with your child that you need to be um, have a consideration about a termination." So we never really had that discussion, never went down that route because, for me, I was probably too scared to do that as to as to know how it would affect you. So, we we tried to stay for me.
0: It just wasn't what we were going to do, was it?
1: No, but so for me, I was just trying to stay positive for you and say, look, we don't know anything until someone says it, so let's just keep moving forward. And I was trying to support you all the way through as much as I could, you know, not knowing what I was doing, but just, you know, doing the best I could.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we just had a little interlude there from the postman (laughs) and Teddington telling us that he was there. So I thought I'd better just cut off the recording. We've come back. Um, So, what was he talking about? how it was really in the really early days and it there's no real way to get across quite how traumatic it is unless you've been in that situation yourself and uh, just you know hearing that news all the time it's nearly always bad news pretty much everything that you get and it's just really how you cope with that and how you manage it you're just not expecting it and uh and it was just really really tough times for Ollie and I but you know obviously you just don't really see it necessarily until you start coming through the other end so um some of the other things that we then kind of had to deal with once Freddie was here, we really did just have to kind of get on with it and for a while we didn't have any support for him but eventually we found this well we moved house and we had this really great health visitor who just kind of totally got it put us in touch with all these different people we had physio on the case and eventually we'd have speech therapy we had all sorts of play therapists and all whatever going on but that in itself was a whole new ball game wasn't it and very quickly we decided probably crazily to have another baby and um I was pregnant with Bella when he was nine months old. <laughs> so it happened quite quickly. So we did have a lot going on. We didn't like make it easy for ourselves, I suppose, did we? No.
1: And looking back, you do wonder what that decision was about. But I think it might have been me, but I remember saying, well, the, the vision was that you'd have maybe we'd have two children, um, just straightforward, you know, two adults, two children to contend with. And um, life would be as it is for most people. But, um, uh, I certainly didn't see myself having more than two children, which, we, which we, we do have now, um, <laughs> and the dog. And But um, yeah, when Freddie, I remember when Freddie was really young doing all the physio stuff, um, and it was quite hard to watch in some ways, because you're thinking, well, you know, it's just very basic stuff that you, you know you take for granted that most children do without having to consider it. Um, and we were sitting there with Freddie, you know, even just lying him on his front mm. was a hard work, watching him basically being upset and hating it and um, not being able to lift his head up really or move move his arms in, in a particular way. But
0: I mean it's kind of heartbreaking isn't it when you have to just do literally everything hand over hand, how to raise your knee, how to get him to turn his head, to roll and when you look at him now most people would say you, you can obviously see physically there's an impairment but he walks and he moves around he can get himself a drink from the cupboard or what have you but in those days it was literally everything hand over hand wasn't it he wasn't doing anything himself
1: yeah yeah um and then when we had bella this is kind of our real kind of um education around parenting children with uh, additional needs because all of bella we have a girl that just does things you know straight away she was almost in too much of a rush totally independent and, and we're trying to do physio with freddie on the floor and she's charging in the way you know, and I can always remember, I think you said, Oh, we'll get Freddie to learn to walk before Bella does. And that didn't happen. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Gotta have a goal. <laughs> it was never never going to happen. But um, seeing him actually, it, we started him off eventually on a K Walker, which was um, a, a, a you know, piece of apparatus that comes around the back and he holds onto the sides. And something you never expect to see in your home, let alone your child need to use just to stand up. I mean, I don't know how but, you
0: felt inside, but you definitely handled that. Better than I did. I remember that first time we took them to the park. Yeah. And Bella was tottering along, and he was on it. And I basically just burst into floods of tears when we got back. Like that's not how how it should be. But you seemed totally fine. You probably weren't. But I think you just no, dealt with things better can, than I did. Well,
1: it's not. I don't think I, I probably inward, inwardly was felt, felt, felt the same as you. But you know, you almost need. I think what we've always worked upon is the dovetailing of both of us. One being strong, one of us being, if, you know, in a in a period of difficulty. We we lean upon each other. Does that counterbalance? We definitely have times where we can both be feeling low and down, and things like that, and um, that's when it's the difficult time to parent because you know we've got two other children who are looking at us, thinking, "Why are they yelling at him? Or why are they yelling at me for this?" You know, and it's it's just pure tiredness and um, frustration, and well, maybe depression as well. Who knows? But just you just have to have those ruts and peaks and. You, you kind of got to get through those times haven't you but I think what we did learn from the early weeks and months and years of our you know, time with Freddie was probably how strong we were as a couple because it's easy to blame each other or walk away from the situation but
0: um, It takes the, a lot of the, effort to kind of pull together yeah, doesn't it? I think I think
1: we didn't know it was the not knowing about what was going on um, I remember having a appointment with a geneticist and talking about um, you know, was it my fault in me having sudden you know, fear that it was all down to my my side of the family that had um, caused it, and having you know that kind of swelling of guilt that went on for a little while? But um,
0: but I think you've, then,
1: you've also then had that same feeling. So,
0: but if you remember when we had that conversation, it wasn't until about six months later, after that genetics appointment, that because we didn't for whatever reason we didn't really talk about it afterwards because we left and I think we both just thought we've had the information so there's no need to really discuss it it doesn't change anything but actually you had heard in your worried state something different to what was actually said which was that you thought they were saying it was hereditary from your side but actually Mm. that's not what they said at all was it and and I think that's just a prime example of actually it's important to talk about all of these things no I mean we do always talk about the big stuff and the big decisions and the big choices that we have to make and there are lots of things that I do just go ahead with and and kind of get done but sometimes those things are worth talking about because actually the perception individually is different to to the reality and actually his diagnosis is de novo so it occurs just in him it's just sort of a freak accident if you like but you Mm. had sat with that feeling of Guilt and worry for quite a long time because we hadn't discussed it, and I think with that did teach us a lesson anyway at least the, just to have that kind of conversation yeah um, each time because I suppose you know we just don't we just don't get it right all the time, and I think we do try, and probably we had that period of time sort of it ended about this time last year where for about a year Freddie's behavior was so big and so dramatic all of the time, and obviously eventually we got to the point where we'd realised it was a lot of it was down to anxiety and his processing difficulties so we've put a lot of things in place not that that means his behaviour is always brilliant but we are more on top of it because we have a better understanding of it but at that time I just remember that being a really stressful shouty Hmm. time both of us were shouting the kids were shouting the whole the dog was barking everything was oh my god it was so noisy I just felt totally overwhelmed with it all the time but I think I
1: think you know, it's a day to day process where you still we're we're always learning how to deal with Freddie and how to parent him um as you do with all kids really, but you know, he doesn't communicate or learn in the same way as everyone else. So when when Bella's not well or she's upset about something, she can come and tell us with Freddie, he literally hasn't got that luxury. He can't come and say, I've got a headache and I don't feel well Mm. and so we don't know if he's, you know, feeling rough or in any way not not hundred percent. And the next thing you know he's Shouting and ranting and raving just because we've said, Let's pop upstairs, and then you know, whatever it might be that interrupts the moment he's in. And, and we used to be very good at preparing him for a change in moments, but now I mean, I'm not very good at it at all. I just suddenly grab him and say, Let's go upstairs, and we'll do this, or we'll go outside. And <laughs> um, out. I wonder why he's shouting and you know, screeching, but um, he, you know, he, I, I think he.
0: That's just us having to remind ourselves of it. It's just that, that parenting thing. Like we, we kind of, we're so used to how we were parented. Although our backgrounds are perhaps different our parents behave differently. Same so we've got, era. We've got mm. different experiences, but it's the same sort of era. You know, we're both neurotypical. That's how we were brought up. And so you often parent in the light that you see. And so with with Bella and Jago, a lot of the parenting techniques that we use, or cobble together, I should say, you know, they, they do work to a degree. But with Freddie, it is totally different. And actually, the times when it works best are when we are not so tired, when we're kind of more in the moment where we're being really on his level, actually, and properly listening to him and doing far more of that sort of positive parenting, which I remember when I very first heard about all that, I used to think, whatever, what a load of old nonsense. But actually, you know, when he is going through big behaviour in the early days before I kind of realised that's what was going on with him I'd be sort of shouting back at him and how dare you shout at me and you know getting really cross but actually it just meant what he was saying was I'm struggling with this or I'm suffering with it and the kinder that we are, were and, and, and are and the quieter that we are and the more kind of love that you show the quicker he seems to get out of it I, I think, mean, I think it-
1: like you said there with the anxiety thing what we learnt was that if you prepare him for whatever situation we're about to go into, he adapts to it far easier. So, for example, last year, like yeah. you say the shouting, the the general behaviour was just a beyond. And we were going on holiday in August, and I remember having a conversation with you as we were going away with another family, saying, "I am not sure we can inflict this upon somebody <laughs> else." So, um, or ourselves,
0: or our other kids, talk. and also
1: we needed a break from it. So we said, if he doesn't sort himself out, or we don't sort out a way of progressing without it without him behaving like this then we might have to leave him with a grandma or something like that so um
0: well, we say ollie's saying that in a kind of um jovial kind of way but actually it was a really serious yeah, yeah, situation no... for us the thought that we might you know we've always really tried haven't we to whatever we do and that does mean sometimes we don't do, do the things yeah. but we do something where everybody's included so that freddie never misses out and we always want all of our kids to have as many opportunities as possible for whatever we can provide in whatever way. So we were now at the very first point where we were thinking, oh, maybe this, behind? maybe this isn't going to be right for him. Maybe the, this isn't going to be a happy time for him and therefore that's going to have a ne- negative impact on everybody else. And so what do we do? But luckily school, his school are amazing. And after I went for a meeting there and had a, a crying breakdown in front of them uh, and told them all about it, they really, really helped us, didn't they? And they yeah, gave well, us we, loads of strategies to help. So that's really helped us to understand him better. It's like this never-ending well, learning curve. Social,
1: social story for him. Like I say, he doesn't learn the same way, but we have, was it a, just a few simple images and explanations of what was going to happen and where we were going to go, such as going to the airport with the suitcases, what we were going to do, where we were going to end up? Yeah. And he he took everything in his stride at the airport really, really well. You know, probably over the course of that week everybody remarked that the easiest person to look after over the week was Fred rather than the other four children that we were with <laughs> who were um, demanding and challenging in their own ways and we had a fantastic week but it, you know again it was another learning experience for us so and we used that strategy quite well quite well for quite a long time but we, we've probably lapsed out of it recently but I don't know if that's because mm. he's become more uh, you know adapted to things but well I can, it's
0: quite exhausting isn't it having to prepare everything all the time but it does it does work so that's I suppose that's just just it with us us just trying to learn and 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 do things differently all the time and um you know knowing that we don't have to do that with our other children I think that's the thing when you've got the two sides that you're kind of constantly trying to switch all the time and turn one style of parenting on and and then you forget and you're tired and you know and I, and I think the other thing is that sometimes I would readily admit that you know I'm We're very much constantly trying to say, you know, speak to the children nicely because, you know, they learn from us and we're their voice. And the way that we are is how they're like sometimes when I hear Bella shrieking at Jago, I think, oh, my goodness, that sounds terrible. But I know that really she's just hearing me (laughs) and what I'm saying. But actually, sometimes we're not or I should say I'm not overly respectful in the way that I speak to you sometimes about certain things. And then that obviously causes more issues and we just have to keep bringing ourselves back to the centre all the time to remember that actually we're all humans we've all got these feelings and it's really hard work being a family
1: as i say i think that's it sometimes you have to remember no matter what situation whether your children are all neurotypical or not that three children and life in general is stressful and pressured and hard there's always something that you've got to achieve amongst all the happy and fun and and joyful times there's always something you've got to achieve and you know get get done um and and you feel like as a parent you want to provide your children with um, joyful experiences and take them to nice places and unfortunately I've got a job where I work weekends a lot so it's down to you and then I can come home of, of a week on, on the evening or on, on a weekend day and realise that you've had three children all day long and it's been stressful and um, bedtime can't come soon enough but then all, <laughs> of a the sudden, all of a sudden Freddie's eight years old now and you realise God he's just just flying along again so i mean now he's as we said before he can walk and he can talk he prefers to shout but he can talk so um he, he likes his loud talking doesn't he, he doesn't right.
0: really have a volume control but he really loves to communicate with people and he just wants to converse and
1: chat and we do have a lot of repetition but getting around sainsbury's takes ages he, but, likes to, um, he just
0: <laughs> loves to talk to everybody and tell people what he's doing and he just wants to chat, you know, he wants to ring Ollie on the phone all the time when he's at work. He's just a really sweet chatty boy. He just doesn't have volume control, which is hardcore at home. And But what's been quite interesting you know, the last,
1: last few months is how in the Easter holidays and the half term, the school have set up, or somebody at the school have set up a, a holiday club, which has been quite a transformation for us over the holidays because it gives gives us two or three days where Freddie can go into that, and he just loves anything he loves where it, doesn't there's he? a there's a social aspect to it, and he a, if he can help set up or tidy up or clear up or do some sort of organizing he, he's in his element, but it was a football club, and they were doing all sorts of different games or whatever they were doing they were having a great time so um he he's he's really i think ad- he's coming ad- adapted a leap from ground, to that yeah it, and stuff yeah, like so, that. And it's quite daunting at first, you know, dropping him off with people that you don't know. Uh, they're not at, It's at the school, but it's not the school staff. So, but, and I think he was a little bit anxious to begin with, but by the end of the week, you know, he, he couldn't have told us in enough times how much he's had a lovely time. You know, ringing me at work and saying that was was lovely to hear.
0: He loves a bit of FaceTime action, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Every day.
1: Well, he loves anything to do with a phone or an iPad, doesn't he? Which, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. he's, But he is doing so much better. And I think part of him doing better is actually, well, we have to do this every so often anyway. But it's it's actually our acceptance of the situation. Certainly that is the case for me, that you kind of have to, or I have to get to the point where I accept the new reality. And then, you know, time goes on and then something else will happen and you have to reaccept the reality again. Because actually your your vision for what you expected for your, or what you hoped for your children and your family is is really just so so different and um yeah I think that, that's I, one of the reasons that's one of the ways that you kind of deal with it isn't yeah, it yeah
1: i mean i'm probably guilty of every now and again expecting more from freddie than i should do and thinking why is he behaving like this when i know fully well why he's behaving like that having a multiple meetings with professionals and understanding that um he's got his challenges and it's just when you get in the moment sometimes you get you expect them to be able to go in his room and I don't know, do do and get undressed or whatever and um what's the frustration realizing, isn't it, that it's not as it should just, be yeah I think two or three months ago I was probably having a harder time dealing with it and then recently I, I think I've realized I'm having a, a I have realized i am having ai know a better grasp of it right now and I know that in a few months time that might change again but it just depends on the the challenge as it is at the time and but I think um, you deal
0: with him really well I mean we, we both have our times when we don't deal with it well um, and I would I would say that now, look, we did go through that really, really, really bad patch with his anxiety and his behaviour and us not knowing what to do with it. But actually, the last 12 months have been a lot better. But even when he does have moments of big behaviour, which he does, by the way, save for home, he doesn't do this at school. Um, because he, I think he masks quite well at school, but we do still have this big behaviour at home. But I think, you know, because he... I know he loves us both, but he he absolutely adores you. He asks for you all the time. He wants you all the time, and some of the reasons for that are because because of the way that you are with him. In actual probably, fact,
1: probably because I've got the actual physical strength to do certain things to him, as in like lift him up and throw him around a bit more. <laughs> he I've likes all, to be bombed on the bed. Always <laughs> done. But um, you know, I'm quite happy to say right. We've got we've got a fantastic bike that we got from TheraPlay Company. Um, that i can attach onto the back of my bike so it's like a two it's, well it's a three-wheel trike that he's got that he can ride himself or i can separate it into a section where the back of it that he sits on clips onto my bike and then we can take all the kids and i take the dog and i take them all to the park and i remember the first time i did it you look at me thinking you must be mental i but, would literally never do that um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. i don't have
0: a bike but i would literally never do that take all and the dog.
1: yeah out. i'm quite I'm quite happy to just say, even walk into the park rather than go on the bikes. But we'll take them all to the park, and I'm generally with Freddie then, trying to facilitate his enjoyment in the park, whether that's playing basketball or throwing a ball somewhere, or helping him climb up the climbing frame, which you have to sometimes do. You know, physically have to lift him up or climb it up him, up it for him, or put him on the rope slide and run along next to him so he doesn't let go because he has a tendency to do that. But but
0: it's one of those things, isn't it, Just trying to give him all those opportunities within his ability. So that he he yeah. can but experience I'm, what the others do really
1: I, that's something I can probably do that you can't, and whether that's what he thinks that's what, where he'd likes to see me do those things
0: I mean what you know other strategies that But as soon as he hurts use.
1: himself, he's straight over to you, and he like you know wow. mummy cuddles and <laughs> like the rest of them but um
0: but what other strategies do you think work parenting Freddie? I mean, they do for all kids, but actually specifically for him because obviously that's what we're talking. Well, about.
1: Well, we've learned i think if we if we say to <laughs> there was a period where we used to be able to say to him. If you don't stop shouting, we'll have to talk to um, your teacher at school, and he, he suddenly got very worried about the idea of us doing that. Um, but
0: well, that's just because we were starting like communication with school about yeah, is so that he yeah. he realised that it wasn't an isolated incident at home, and that actually but his behaviour impacts everyone. I mean, that's a complex thing for him to understand, but that's where we were going yeah, with it. But wasn't. in some
1: ways, that made him more more worried as well. So we we probably don't do that as much anymore. But, but let's just, say he's just, having
0: a, a big behaviour moment. We well,
1: we either do one or two things. I just. I might even just pick him up and throw him on the bed, um, which makes or generally makes him laugh. Or um, uh, I call it duffing up, but we call him t- giving him tic- good tickling, good tickling all over, uh, just to snap him out of the moment. Somehow, just, and it or, just for or, everyone or listening. Or we've learnt to walk away.
0: It's really not a duffing up. <laughs> it's just what what we say in our house. He wants a duffing up, and they'll go me me me. And Ollie just basically gets them on the floor and tickles them like crazy until they can't stop laughing. Um, but Freddie just loves that he loves being bombed on the bed and he loves all that kind of physical he a pile on a pile on as anything like that um, yeah put him on the top but anything like that and I just think the other thing that you're really good at with him is actually being really humorous with him and just sort of you know making a joke out of things like even this morning or this evening like he'd fallen over at the weekend and hurt his knee and he just anything that's sensory like cream or sun cream I mean god help you if you toothpaste. try and put that on a toothpaste he hates any of that and um so, rather than you know, my my way is probably like the worst way because I would say, "Okay, Freddie, now we're going to put cream on," and I tell him all about it, <laughs> so he psyched himself up for it. Whereas Ollie just comes around the back, slaps it on, and then makes him laugh about it, and and it's over and done within a couple of minutes. So actually, I think your way of having humor with him is really cool.
1: Yeah, well, there might be a little bit of shouting, but it's, it's sometimes a bit of a quicker fix just to get off it and do it. But um he, uh, he, he, you know, once he starts giggling, he's hilarious, isn't he? Really. Um, and it's hard not to enjoy that time with him. It's just the noise sometimes. That's the bit that makes you have to really think about things and how you 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 you're going to go forward with him. So I think, but, but I think, his, as I said before at the very start of this whole thing, you know, you have a child, you expect the hope that they're going to be sporty, and want to do all these things. The mad thing with Freddie is out of the three children we've got, he's the most. I want to play basketball I want to play tennis oh, he's there trying to play football and he loves, has the least ability
0: but the most desired yeah
1: it? he's got a massive desire to do it. anything throwing he can throw I mean to be honest he's got a great arm on him hasn't he so he, um, he he's always wanted to do those sort of things so uh it's, it's a fantastic thing to watch and um it, uh, again out of the three of them if I was reliant on somebody catching my keys and not dropping them down the drain, Freddie would be the one I threw them to.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I think that's that's definitely it. And I, I think just what you were saying a minute ago about sort of you know, him laughing and, um, and enjoying time with him, I would say that there was a period of time where, well, I would only speak for myself, but I did not enjoy parenting and being with him because of the way that it was. But actually, what I have realised is that the more that we... Connect together. And this this is a, a work in progress all the time. But the more that we connect together, you and I, and the more that we connect with the things that he wants to do and that he likes to do, um, kind of getting more on his level and preparing him and just really trying to remember those things. It is tiring, but actually the more we get it right, the more fun we have together, and the more he laughs, and the happier he is. Because when you think about how he is at school, although some of that is him masking, like any kid you know you do what they want to do well it's going to make them happy isn't it and and I think we have to we've come to the realization haven't we that there are so many things in in this life that we expect to happen as you grow from child to adult that actually he's going to do it so differently so we may as well get on his level and and get down and do do the things that he wants to do because that just creates so much more joy for us as a family and lately I would say he's been So much happier, and we've all been a lot happier, and our relation. My relationship with him has been better, and I definitely think your relationship has been better as well. I
1: think, to a degree, obviously, we've now got Jagger who's four and Bella who's six, nearly seven, (laughs) teen. She, it's just making life that little bit easier that you know the children, the other two children maybe can do certain things for themselves. They still probably a bit confused as to why we're doing everything for Freddie and therefore expect us to do it as well. But I mean, Bella um, gets it
0: a bit more than, than Jago does. I think he still needs a bit more time before he figures out there's many massive, differences. Yeah. But Bella is pretty switched on. She does kind of get it.
1: But I think, yeah, I think that's making life a little bit easier now. And um, it, it's not that you just want to put all your focus on one child because that's not right. But um, I think they understand why we are having to focus so much on Freddie and and they understand it and accept it a bit more. But we went on holiday down to Devon, didn't we, the other week? And he, we didn't know how he was going to be on that, but he was fantastic. You know, it took him he a little while to it. adapt to the beach, but he got some sandals, which he loved. And um,
0: I think the he, sand was thrown was wasn't it? <laughs> it was the
1: biggest sand biggest sand pit in the world, wasn't it, for him? So he thought it was fantastic, chucking a bit of sand over his sister's head. And we,
0: we did genuinely have a, a really nice time. And I suppose what I would say is that although we've got many, many more challenges to come and we have like everybody zero idea what the future holds and we have lots of fears around the future like you know any parent really with a child with needs where you wonder how they're going to cope what if you're not here what's going to happen there's so many what's and ifs out there but really just focusing on the here and now looking back i think we have we have been to the depths of, of really of despair and and stress and worry but i do feel like we're in actually quite a good place now so for anyone that's a little bit earlier on in that that path just to say it really it really can it does take a lot of effort and a lot of commitment and more respect for each other and a huge amount of patience I mean more patience than you'd ever imagine really isn't it as well as that as as
1: well as that you know as well as working together and doing everything I think you also need your own time you know you need your own time to reflect and think about things so one thing I do now that I didn't used to do as much is go running and I don't have any earphones or anything like that I just do something that a is physical that makes me feel a bit better and gives me time to reflect whilst I'm running. I think about things all the time and think about what things went wrong and and, and how things could be improved and and try to you know just think positive for the future. So
0: yeah, definitely, we're definitely having that. And we've we didn't used to be very good at that, did we? Making time for for you to do stuff that you wanted to do and me to do stuff. It was always like around the kids or together. Hmm. But I think we've got a much better balance, and that is why it is just this work in progress all the time. But I don't know. Do you do you agree? Do you think we're in a a better state yeah. of affairs but <laughs> overall, I, yeah. more positive situation, isn't it now? And I
1: think it's also understanding and realising at some point it might get bad again, and but it won't hopefully last forever, and that if we, we work together, we'll, we'll we'll again probably overcome whatever challenge that is at that point, and you know get, create a balance again for the future so that we, yeah we can all live in a seemingly pleasant environment.
0: <laughs> no, I think well, I mean, I think it's a happy. Um, a happy house really and the kids are happy and they have lots of fun and they laugh and yeah there's loads of stress as well and we're all really tired all the time but um, I think I think we're doing a good job considering and um, you just got to keep yeah. going forward haven't you yeah we'll keep going so um, thank you so much for coming onto to the podcast this week and sharing some of those thoughts and feelings because I know it's it's not something that you necessarily always talk about everyone's used to hearing me blather on about Fred and the situation. Um, But it's, I think it's nice for people to hear it from the other side, actually, as well. No problem. You have been listening to the CEO of my Special Needs Family podcast with your host, Amy Mann. I always love to hear from anyone in our community. So please send me an email to amymanmentoring at gmail.com or visit my website amymanmentoring.com or you can find me over on Facebook Amy Man Mentoring for Special Needs uh, on Twitter with the handle at Amy Mann Mentor and sometimes you can find me on Instagram velvet underscore bulldozer. You should also definitely, if you haven't already, join my Facebook group which is the CEO of my special needs family and if you have any comments, questions or would like to join me on a podcast I'd love to hear from you. It would be so great if you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast with as many parents as you think would be interested to really help build our community. And also, if you could have time to leave a quick review to help others see it in the podcast listings. Until next time, take care.